Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. In a certain point, you've got to choose, you got to say to yourself, am I going to choose her or am I going to choose me? Well, you got to choose you. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me, I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends. On the Heal blog this week, nine facts to help you recognize a narcissist. The narcissist can sometimes be very tricky to spot. They are manipulative and it might be a partner, a colleague, a friend, 
and you feel like something's off, but you're spending a lot of time blaming yourself, feeling bad about everything when you're around this person. For nine ways to tell, is this person a narcissist? You don't need a diagnosis. You know when you know. Check out this blog post. The link is in the show notes. How do you rate your friendships? Sometimes we find ourselves surrounded by people that are just not comfortable. And I love that word because I remember a time when I felt so overwhelmed by the people in my life who were supposedly friends, but also I felt very uncomfortable. I never felt relaxed or in tune with the people around me, just uncomfortable. And that's a clue. That's actually a clue that you're spending too much time in a negative space. Friends might be good for a time, but they are not always forever. In this quick chat episode, we look at what our parents model to us about friendships and how that can really hold us back in creating relationships that are good for us. I grew up with a mom and dad who were very social and they were always hosting dinner parties or going or going to, you know, or going to dinner parties. And they had a very active and kind of robust social life. But I grew up thinking that that's the way you need to do it, right? You need to be inviting people over and hosting dinners and da, 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 da. And I did, I did that all my life. And to the point where I literally founded an internet startup called Leaf TV, which shows you how to do all, it stands for living, eating and fashion. It, and it shows you all the different ways to entertain and da, 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 that kind of thing. And I remember having a dinner party at my, like a thousandth dinner party at my house and running to the store to get ingredients and having a total meltdown in the store because I was on a time crunch and I needed to get back and something needed to cook longer than I had and blah, blah, blah. And I had a meltdown in the store. I was like, I don't enjoy one bit of what I'm doing. Having all of these people over it, at the end of the night, I would kind of always be happy, exhausted, but happy. Like, oh, that was nice. That was nice. Right. Everybody had a good time. Right. Like and managing everybody else's how everybody else's experience was. But getting to that was so taxing for me. And I finally had to stop and say, why do I keep doing this? Why do I? And I, it was through that that I realized, you know, not in that moment, but over a time of processing, I'm actually extremely introverted. And it really burns my fuel to be out there in the world in an extroverted capacity, right? I'm not, I, you can invite me to a dinner party and I might accept one out of every five, you know, invitations. And I find them nice once in a while, but throwing dinner parties, that's not really for me. You know, occasionally I'll do it for a special thing, but you know, I didn't think there was another way to be or operate with friends in the world, you know? And then there's also the way a parent kind of, you know, when you're first kind of thrown on a school play playground, you don't really have any, any choice or agency. It's like, find somebody to play in the sandbox with, like, that's your perimeter, right? You, you don't have really that much choice. You're just kind of like, it's all circumstantial. And so, you know, as you go through school, you're also kind of developing who you are and your personality and you, like all of the things that, you know, that kind of coming of age period of your life. So in that, a lot of times you're testing boundaries, you're, you know, getting in trouble 
or never getting in trouble, you know, and being the perfect student. And the way parents respond to all of that stuff and respond to how you're engaging socially in the world is also very impactful. You know, if they are overly harsh, if you get in trouble, as opposed to saying, oh, you're curious, let's explore what you're curious about. Maybe there's a better way to do it, right? So it, it's like the way a, a parent, you know, gets involved in your own relationships at, at a young age is very influential. And so, and then beyond that, and this might be the most important thing, if, you, if you're talking about, again, kind of classic psychology, there's an idea of attachment theory. So attachment theory is basically, you know, when you're born into this world, you have one or two primary caregivers. And how you interact with those primary caregivers or rather how they interact with you highly define how you will later then go out into the world and operate with others. And so the, the best quote unquote best attachment style is secure attachment, which means all of your needs, your basic needs, physical and emotional needs were met when you were nonverbal. In other words, you, you, you couldn't communicate, right? And so you were fed, you were put to bed, you were bathed on time, happily more, you know, more often than not. And then your emotional needs, you know, if you were crying, somebody came, if he unhugged you or maybe gave you a kiss, there was a lot of touch, you know, that kind of stuff. If you, if you had parents that were not there, that were, you know, never around, either because they suffered from depression or, you know, one of them took off, left the relationship, or one of them is incapacitated for some other reason, or they were there and just couldn't, couldn't do what they needed to do. That's called an insecure attachment. By the way, the caveat, any of these attachment styles can be reversed doing work with a therapist or anything. So you, it's not like a death sentence, right? But it is worth noting. So if you have an insecure attachment and you don't do the work to kind of work through that and rectify, we'll recognize it, work through it and then rectify it. What ends up happening is you often are not um, trustful. You can be avoidant with people. You can never fully commit because you're afraid that somebody's going to leave you or not meet the needs you have. And so and so you can see how that, that would play out differently if how you're showing up in a relationship. And that's one of the most important things is not just to understand how the other person's behaving and what you need. It's to also really take a critical look at yourself and say, how am I showing up in these relationships? Am I showing up the way I want to? If not, why not? And a, a good place to start is really from as early on as you can remember, right? Because so much of that is foundational. Yeah. And uh, everything you've said there is so true. And I love that you said that you decided that you didn't need to do dinner parties because <laughs> I think, I think I definitely, you know, I, I used to be the same and you, you, there's all this expectation, isn't there about what it is to be the, the great host and the great yeah. friend and all of that. Yeah. But, but when it's just not who you are, it's so important to also realize that, you know, and just, sure. Because you're not showing up authentically. Back. Yes. You're not, you are not showing up authentically, even though every single time I was like the hostess with the mostest and I just loved the like, oh my gosh, like, how did you do this? You know, and I, that like just fed some insecurity in me or some ego need, right? But the bottom line is 
I wasn't even showing up authentically in those situations. So, you know, you're never going to get the maximum you can out of a relationship until you are showing up authentic. You have the courage to show up authentically, right? Yeah. And be seen for who you really are and then take it for whatever that means. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing. And that's what I was saying earlier was in a lot of friendships, I just felt this tightness mm-hmm. and I just kind of got used to it, you know, right. because you just don't realize it's because you can't actually be yourself in right. many friendships and right. people are not hearing you. And then I, when I did have the realization that this is what was happening, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't actually need to do this. Right. I don't actually need to do this, you know, but you you think it's part of life because you're so used to doing it that way. You're so used to kind of contorting yourself into this weird version of yourself. And I used to actually say to myself, who do I need to be today to make this work? Right, right. You know, exactly. who do I need to turn that's up as? And it's that's like a big red flag. Yes, but we, don't, but we don't. We just that's what we do. We just ignore. There's these loud, blaring signals that we're just constantly ignoring. Yes, um, because we're in. We're you do just head down mode, trying to get through the day, and it's like that is not a good way to live. Yeah. So how do we recognize that? the relationship between ourselves and another person is a toxic relationship? What, what would yeah. be the red flags? Well, I think the first thing is, is that if you feel differently than who you really are when you're with that person, when you feel like you're behaving or operating differently than you, you really normally would. In other words, if somebody takes you off course of who you feel like you authentically are this is a huge red flag just like we just said with you right if you another thing is if you spend most of your time in negativity when you're with that person so whether you're commiserating and it's it's one thing to be going through something crappy in life and to to connect with that person and seek solace with another person that's not what I'm talking about so many relationships are built on leaning into the negative, talking shit about so-and-so, really complaining about their jobs or their families or their partners. And that's kind of the driving force in these in, in certain relationships. That is not where you want to be because that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more you lean into or get comfortable in the negative, it, it's no coincidence that the more the negative kind of you attract and seems to find you. So that's, that's a relationship that also, I think, you know, feels really toxic and not something that is good for your energy or, or that you would want to be a part of. I think, you know, other relationships, and I was guilty of this a lot. You have to be really kind of clear on what your moral code is, whatever that is for you, because I would be, I've been in a couple of relationships that were actually kind of pretty close relationships and pretty long-standing relationships. And both of the people, I'm thinking of two people specifically, were really pretty awful to other people in an other situation. They were never awful to me. They were always very nice and kind. And I kind of knew that quite a lot of bad behavior was going on, but I I also never heard that from, from, you know, my friends at the time. So I was kind of always making excuses. Like, I'm sure there's another side to this. I forget what exactly happened, 
oh, I was, I was explaining something to another friend of mine about this person indirectly, not talking badly. And as I was telling the story, the person I was telling it to said, that person sounds terrible. How are you friends with her? And I was like, oh no, it's not. I mean, she's not terrible with me, da, da, da. And the person was like, but that does, she's just, she's terrible. Like she's doing terrible things. Like, and I had this epiphany and I was like, yeah, that's, it's like, I, you can't. So I couldn't continue to make, my eyes kind of got open to this. And I think that I was kind of minimizing all this stuff I was hearing because I was having a fine time with her. But when I had this epiphany, I was like, oh, I can't unsee what I've just seen right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to continue on with this is really making a deal, not with the doubt, but you're making a real trade-off that I don't think I, you know, I should be making. So that's another kind of not common situation, but it definitely happens. Um, You've got to make a choice, you know, Mm -hmm. like just because the person's being nice to me doesn't mean they're necessarily a great person, you know? for being on this journey of healing and community with me if you listen on apple i would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast it would mean a lot check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode if you're on instagram follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.